wanted to say happy Wednesday to everyone. Um, it is great to be able to pause in the middle of the week and, and spend some time fellowshipping and uh, being fed spiritually and, and getting filled up for the rest of the week. Um, I wanted to thank uh, Mark and Wes and the elders uh, for giving several of us the opportunity uh, to speak this summer uh, during this uh, Wednesday night series and uh, just enjoy getting to do that and getting to listen uh, to all the, the different speakers. Uh, I did have the opportunity um, this summer. I was a sponsor on the uh, South Texas mission trip with the high school group, and then I was, got to go on the wilderness trek and uh, got to be with the, uh, with the groups on those trips. And I know the, the youth group theme this summer is uh, more, from Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. And um, I know it's great to see, uh, to see our young people grow in their faith and grow closer to each other. Um, I know Matt and Marcus and Kyle and the four interns have done a great job uh, working with our young people this summer. And um, I know the, the staff over this, this past year or so have done a great job in a difficult time. Uh, so make sure you show your appreciation to them whenever, whenever you see them. Um, I do want to just talk just a few minutes uh, tonight about renewing our focus. And um, I know being a parent, a teacher, and a coach, I find myself uh, repeating certain phrases or certain words a lot. Uh, stuff like clean up your room, do your homework, pick up that floor, clean out your locker, stop talking. Tell the football players, never walk on the football field. Just little phrases I, I find myself repeating. One of those words that I find myself repeating a lot is focus. Um, telling students, hey, fo focus on your work. Focus on, on what I'm saying. Um, focus on this problem right here. Um, focus on your responsibility. Um, focus, focus on this job first. I find, I find myself constantly reminding young people to focus. Focus on this part of that math problem. Focus on your own paper. <laughs> focus on what I asked you to do. And I, I, I found myself um, repeating that word quite often whenever I was thinking about this. And apparently, it's very easy sometimes to get off track. And we need to renew our focus. Um, do you ever find yourself losing focus? I know many times I'll, I'll start an activity or get on a project and then next thing I know I'm on another project doing something and that project's still sitting over there. Um, I have to get back, and get my focus back to where it needs to be. Um, in school, um, I teach geometry. Um, every student has to take geometry and you may find this hard to believe but not every high school student is thrilled to take geometry. Um, you know, at the, at the start of the year when I, when I work with the kids, I try and give them, um, give them some motivation, give them some encouragement. Um, I, I try to sit down with them and find their why. Why are they in this class? Why are they needing to learn geometry? Are they just there to get through the class? Are uh, they there to make it to college? Are they there because they want to provide for their family one day? Um, where will they 
probably use geometry somewhere in the future. And many times I find if I can, if I can help them find their why, then I can help them stay focused in class whenever they do get off track. And I had a student one year that was, uh, wanted to be a welder. That's what he wanted to do. And every, um, he had to have a real-world real example with every problem, every concept that I taught. And so I came up with more ways to use geometry and welding that I could think of just to help him stay focused that year uh, whenever he would start to, start to get off track. Um, you know, if my students know their why, they're more likely, they're more easily to be refocused uh, whenever they do get off track. Um, started thinking about that. How about our Christian walk? Do you ever find yourself losing focus? Do you ever, do you ever just have to stop and remind yourself, I need, I need to refocus? I know um, I'm constantly trying to remember my why. Why do I do what I do? Um, what is the reason for me living the way that I do? Why do I treat the people the way that I do? Why do I talk and act a certain way? Do you know what your why is in life? And I started thinking about that, and I started thinking, is, is God my focus? Is God always my focus? And I started thinking uh, the verses that kind of came to mind uh, first were Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, uh, 1 through 3. I'm going to read these and then talk just a little bit about this. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that we will not grow weary, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You know, I, I, I love the, the imagery of there of this huge stadium and this race going on um, out there in the stadium. I, I had the privilege uh, a couple of months ago to go to the state track meet in, in Austin. And um, one of our own, Will Ashmore, uh, ran in that state track meet. And if you've ever been to the state track meet, it's a stadium full of people, uh, whatever race they're at. And, and uh, I know Will's team won one state this year, so if you see him, congratulate him. But I couldn't help but, and you have all of the stands behind you all the way around, around cheering you on as you're getting ready to run that race. And, and when, I, when I think of these verses, um, it says we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And I think I look back at chapter 11 and I see all that list of all those uh, great people of faith and, and what they went through and, and just can't help but imagine being surrounded by them as we're running this race. And um, they're, them there being, being there to encourage us, to give us hope, um, give us that encouragement. And, you know, talking about getting ready to run that race, throwing off everything that, everything that entangles, the sin that, that holds us back. And then I thought of the verse that fix your eyes on Jesus. You know, 
Is, is that your focus, fixing your eyes on Jesus and then considering what he went through so that we will not grow weary and lose heart? Um, I, love, I love that image of, of being able to fix our eyes on, on Jesus. I know with, my, with our athletes that I work with, we talk about setting up goals, uh, goals that they want to accomplish and what it will take for them to stay focused through the entire year uh, to reach those goals. And one of the things we talk about with the athletes, we talk about distractions, um, things that, that distract them and take their, focus of, take their focus off their goals. And it may, be, it may be their friends, it may be staying up late playing video games, it may be... Um, uh, not putting the effort in the classroom that they should, and maybe not spending enough time in the weight room or running. Or, you know, whatever it is could be a distraction that keeps them uh, from their goals. And many times, if they can identify those distractions uh, that hold them back and they can make plans uh, to avoid those distractions, they can keep their eyes and their focus on their goals. And, you know, I thought about our Christian walk. Hey, well, how easy is it for us to get distracted when we're trying to do what God wants us to do? You know, how easy is it for us to uh, have all these things out there that distract us when we're trying to do, uh, do God's will? Um, my mind thought about Peter in Matthew chapter 14. Um, Peter had been with Jesus. He had seen the miracles. Jesus was walking out on the water. Peter gets out of the boat, starts to walk to Jesus. And in verse 30, it says, when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And, you know, I, I thought about that. You know, taking your eyes off his goal, he was, he was distracted. Um, you know, we know, that, we, know what our, we know we should be focused on God, but we do many times get distracted. I thought, about, I thought about times in my past where in sports and things like that, being distracted, uh, think of the little baseball game when you're up there at the plate and you're watching, watching that pitcher and the other team is yelling batter, 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 swing, and you know, they're just to do anything to try to get you to take your focus off that ball. And I remember in college playing in a playoff game in Montana. Um, it was minus 10 degrees at the start of that morning. Uh, that was a distraction enough, but, uh, but we didn't have many people from uh, East Texas travel up to Montana to watch this game. Uh, the stadium was really compact. There was no, no track, and the, 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 the fans were just right there on the field, and you could hear them yelling the entire game. They would pick out players and say things to them, and, and they were so loud as an offensive lineman, we could not hear uh, the calls that the quarterback was saying. And they were, they were that loud to do anything to try to distract us. Um, and then when their quarterback stood up to make his calls, the whole stadium would go silent. And he was able to, everybody was able to hear. And, you know, I thought about how much fans will do anything to distract another team. Um, I read about uh, Arizona State basketball. Their fans started what they called the curtain of distraction. You may have, may have heard that, but they'll put a big curtain at the end right by the, the, uh, under, the, um, under the goal there. And as the other team is shooting free throws, they'll open the curtain and have something going on behind that curtain. 
something. It may be a maybe a clown, it may be a famous person, it may be acting out a scene, but they try to do anything just to get that opponent to miss his free throws. And, you know, I, I thought about all those stories and I said, you know, that's, you know, Satan, that's what he does to us. He'll take anything, anything that he can and try to distract us from where our attention should be. And, you know, he's been... He's been doing it from the beginning. You know, Genesis 3, 6, when the woman saw that the, the fruit of the, uh, the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye, and when also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some, she ate it, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Satan will put distractions everywhere to make us lose focus. What about us? What distractions do you have in your life? Have you thought about... Um, have you thought about what takes your focus off God lately? I know uh, last week I was teaching the uh, combined junior high high school class on Wednesday night, and I had a chance to, before I was teaching them, I asked them to write down, I said, write down all the distractions that y'all have that keep you, uh, that, help, that take your focus off God. Just you or your friends, what, what distractions are out there? And this is the list that they gave me. Friends. Parents, drugs, alcohol, significant other, phone, video games, comfort, school, current events, other people, sleeping, my stubbornness, siblings, sports, entertainment, politics, personal goals, stereotypes, social media, money, materialism, stress, jobs, goals, sin, social life, gossiping, fear, anxiety, anger, bad influences, trying to fit in, wanting something, following friends, trying to look good, insecurities, hobbies, friends that are not Christians, TVs, iPhone, iPad, technology, internet, movies, being sick, arguments, elections, greed, not listening, temptations, bad thoughts, too much or too little of something, everything, everything that's engaging. And I just wrote that list. We didn't have a really big class, but that's what they, those are the, the things that they threw out there as distractions when they went, started thinking about, hey, what things are out there that really can take my focus off of God and where it needs to be? Those distractions are everywhere. And, you know, Satan, Satan will use those distractions. Um, he will tempt us. Um, I know uh, James, James 1, 13 through 15 says this. It says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does, does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Um, you know, Satan puts things in front of us that entice us. He puts those things in front of us that, that we want. Um, you know, I don't know, I don't know if you like to fish or if you know anybody that likes to fish. I, I always kept a, a, a fishing lure on my bookshelf. And that fishing lure was there to help remind me about temptation. And 
I think about that fishing lure that, you know, it was painted a certain color, a really bright color. It had the little, little shiny things on it. If you, if you used it just right, it made just a really good noise that the, that the fish just drove it crazy. You know, it was everything that that fish wanted was trying to be put in that lure. And I would put that, I'd, I'd put a lure um, behind my desk there just to remind me that Satan is trying to throw everything at me to try to get, to try to tip me. And I always said, I, I wish temptations were like onions. Because if they were like onions, I could avoid them. I could stay away from them. I, I, could, I could do really good at that. But it's more, like, it's more like my mom's chocolate chip cookies. You know, it's there, something I want. It's enticing. And, you know, that's, that's what those temptations are. And, and, and Satan finds a way uh, to put those temptations in front of us to try to get our focus off of where it should be. In Luke 4, we see in Jesus being tempted for 40 days. Um, he was hungry. Satan says, turn this stone to bread. Satan shows him all the kingdoms of the world in an instant and says, um, I can give all this to you, just, just worship me. Takes him up to the highest place in the temple and says, uh, you know, if you're a son of God, throw yourself off here. You'll be okay. And each time Jesus says, it is written, it is written, it is written. You know, that's how, that's how he fought off temptations with Scripture. Um, you know, and I, I, whenever I read through that story, I can't, I can't help but think, you know, if Satan comes after Jesus that hard, how hard is he going to come after us? Do you, do, you know, um, do, you, do you know how Satan comes after you? Have you thought about that a lot? Um, do you know where your weaknesses are? Do you know where your temptations lie? You know, do, you have a, do you have a plan to, to avoid those, those temptation, tempting things, tempting uh, those weaknesses that we have? You know, that's, that's what I was thinking about this whole week of renewing, renewing our focus. And um, I, I kind of want to finish. I have, I have just a few scriptures that I know that have helped me kind of kind of get through uh, get through tough times of being able to focus and just help me uh, try to keep my focus where it should be. Um, first verse is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Just a reminder, it says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can be at bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way. He will, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Um, it helps me to know that God's on my side. That he will not give us more than we can handle. And he will provide for us a way out. I think of Hebrews 2.18 that says, Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Hebrews 4.15, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet is without sin. You know, it's a comfort to me to know that I have a Savior that knows what we're going through, that knows, that knows what it's like to be tempted and come out without the sin. I think of Hebrews 119, excuse me, Psalms 119.11. 
Very simple verse there that says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Are, are you living in the word? Or are you just visiting it? How much time do you spend um, really putting God's word on your heart? I, I used to pray for uh, my youth groups whenever they would go out and graduate and go out, go out into the world. I used to pray that they'd be so close to God and know his word so well that they couldn't help but make good choices whenever they went out into the world. Um, how much time are we spending in God's word? Last verse here, James 4, 7 through 8. James 4, 7 through 8. I, right before this, he's talking about being friends to the world, uh, becoming an enemy of God. That's a, those are scary verses to me right there. But he says in verse 7, he says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Three things out of there. First of all, submit to God. Are you giving, are you giving God everything? You know, are we... You know, I look at myself and I say, am I, am I just giving him Sunday mornings and Wednesdays? Am I just giving him certain friends? Or am I giving him everything that I have? Am I giving him all my time? Am I giving him all my friends, all my thoughts, everything, submitting to God? Then resist the devil. Resist the devil um, and he will flee from you. Uh, know, know your distractions. Know where your temptations lie. Um, and have a plan. I know that's what's always reminded me. Uh, you know, it's not it's not easy sometimes to resist the devil, but I do like it when it says that he will flee from you. Then the last one, come near to God, and the promise that he's going to come near to us. I know many times when we lose lose our focus, um, when we start drifting away from God, when we're uh, you know, when we get those distractions, we have those things that, um, that pull us away, uh, can't help but think, I need to come nearer to God. And I've got that promise that he's going to come near, come near to us. You know, um, just thinking about, um, about renewing our focus, about a constant, uh, constant need because, uh, and we do. We lose. We lose track. We lose. Uh, we lose focus. I know when I was putting this lesson together, my mind was all over the place. I said I can't even focus on my lesson about focus. Um, you know, but it goes all the way. It goes everywhere. But what I want to leave you with tonight, before before we pray, is this. You know, you know, I pray that that whenever you're running that race, when you're in that stadium, as we're going through our life, that. Uh, that we can throw off all that, all that sin that entangles us. That we can fix our eyes on Jesus. And when it does get tough, that we consider what he went through so that we won't grow weary and lose heart. Let's pray before we're dismissed. Dear God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the blessings you give to us. We thank you so much for, um, for your son, who, who, who came and lived and, and, and died on a cross for us. And we thank you so much that we have 
a way to be with you one day in heaven forever. We thank you so much for that. The Lord asks that you be with us as we go um, uh, finish this week and as we go out into our lives, as we continue this race, that we uh, put our eyes on you, that we put our focus on you. And Lord, help us to always keep our focus on you and where it needs to be. Lord, we thank you for all the blessings you give to us. Thank you for our families. Thank you for uh, just the life that you give to us each and every day. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray.